0: That's B-O-D-I dot com.
1: Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes. And wow, I mean, what better timing. We wake up this morning knowing we're going to record and we get an announcement from Dorinda that she has left Real Housewives of New York.
2: This is your wish come true. I honestly (laughs) am shocked at the timing of it. I'm just really surprised. I feel like usually when we hear about these things, there's contract negotiations going on. There's a lot of things that would be swirling in page six to kind of hint at it. So it kind of came out of left field. I was not expecting that.
1: It is unusual for an announcement to be made mid-season. I mean, I know the reunion's wrapped and everything, but like you said, usually what's crazy is like as we watch a show, basically as a season ends and we see the reunion, a couple of weeks later, they're getting ready to start filming the new season because there's such a gap from filming to when they air. And typically a couple of weeks after our reunion is when we start hearing like, oh, who's out? Who hasn't gotten a contract? Who's been demoted? Because once they sign those contracts, it becomes a little bit more public or people notice who's filming and who's not all the rumors spread. So it leads me to believe that this was not a choice Dorinda made because if she was making it herself, I think she would have like, I think at first it would have been negotiated or like it would have gone on a little bit more. I also think when a lot of times when these women leave on their own, I don't, they feel like they get a little bit more of like a send off or they say something to them at the end of the reunion. And all of our sources have told us like there was no, this is it for me on the reunion so I I wonder if maybe something happened and they basically said to her, look, you're out. And she just released a statement to make it look like she went on her own. Andy has said that 90% of the housewives who say they left on their own were fired.
2: Wow. I, I mean, I have no f- major follow-up to that. Yeah. I think, too, Dorinda, if you follow her closely, girl likes to make a buck. And I know she's gone after – um Etsy accounts or things of people with her sayings. So she likes to make money and I don't see her leaving this paycheck willingly. So I, I think you've nailed it. I think this is something must have happened. Maybe we'll see it transpire. She hasn't had a good season. We've talked about it a lot. She's it's, she's been a huge bully, nasty. It's, it's not entertaining. She's clearly still dealing with the loss of Richard, which she mentioned in her, Instagram posts her goodbye. So uh, yeah, I, I will say I miss Dorinda as a housewife. And of all the housewives, she is iconic in her own right. I wish um, that she would have kind of left on a better note because she's left a sour taste in my mouth.
1: I, there was a lot of people like, oh, I was hoping that like I think everyone universally agrees this was a bad season for Dorinda. I I no one is arguing that. What we're we've been seeing in our comments and on other posts is a lot of people were saying they were hoping for a comeback. Sometimes Housewives will have a bad season and will say, I mean, Rena did it. She watched a couple seasons where she stirred the pot way too much. And she came back and was like, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a back seat. I'm not gonna instigate. I'm not gonna bring stuff up. I hear. I, I really, I re- evaluated. I did some self reflecting. I didn't like it. Ultimately, everyone told her she was boring, and she quickly went back to the Rena that you either hate or love, but is good TV. And a lot of people were hoping that maybe Dorinda would do the same. I just, I think for me, uh, I. I think she needs to leave. I think there's, it's more than just her being a bully and being mean. It's the drinking. I think a lot of it is she still hasn't grieved the loss of richard which we we have talked about but there's a lot of anger there too and not to be like you know ramona who Ram, ramona's one i want gone to I, I we hinted at like we'll tell you who we want to leave in our instagram post i would love to see ramona demoted or gone i just think ramona and dorinda together drive me crazy i hate the fake crocodile tears i hate dorinda's condescending tone back to her like just the whole thing with them is awful but when i look at dorinda there's just so much more going on she needs to leave she needs to do some self reflecting she needs some therapy if she's not already getting it. I don't know if she needs AA, but she needs to talk to somebody about why anger and alcohol are her go-tos.
2: Yeah, and in this week's episode, we saw it with Luann, which, shoot, I mean, the tides have, I'm going to butcher this saying, but the same, but <laughs> the tides have turned, is that right? No, that was right. You did that, that one That right. was right, okay. <laughs> the tides have turned where you and I are like, yeah, we're liking Luann, but Luann is having in this uh, last week's episode trying to have a moment with Dorinda, where she wants her to look at her and, you know, Lou is sharing uh-huh. that she was hurt, that she would get kind of snapped at her. And Dorinda couldn't even look at her, like, just even have the conversation and give her that, especially when Luann's been a really, really good friend and ally to her. so. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, be a fucking human being and like acknowledge someone's feelings. You might say like, I don't think what I did was wrong, but I can at least acknowledge like I can validate that you have your feelings. You might be like, Abby, I'm really pissed off at blah blah blah, and I'm like, I I don't think what I did was bad, but I'm not going to tell you you don't have a right to feel a certain way. Like, it, who wants to be friends with someone like that? No, not at all. And
2: <laughs> I don't know. And for Ramona, so she. I would differ. My opinion slightly differs than you. I don't love Ramona. I think she makes excellent TV and I can't picture the housewives kind of without her. I would be interested to see the dynamic without a Dorinda and seeing if it's a little, if Ramona is a little bit more playful. Um, Because if you remember, there's a dinner, the dinner where Dorinda didn't go because she was shitting herself. Where the women uh, with the two guys and they were a little bit more lighthearted and like fun without Dorinda there. So I kind of wonder if that's more of the energy that we'll get. But I mean, Ramona is still a mess. I mean, she was shitting on camera (laughs) this past week. Uh, She's throwing straws on the ground. She was horrible to that waitress who brought the wine. She's horrible, but
1: also I find entertainment in watching her I am willing to give her a little bit of a second chance I mean, because she is an OG. I'm not one who loves OGs to leave. I, I think it's a slippery slope. I think that you do have to respect the women that built these franchises from the beginning. Vicky's the only one that I, I make an exception to because she just, I, I can't with her. But I think Ramona needs to be demoted. She needs a little bit of a an ego check. She needs an awakening she needs to stop with her whole, I'm in the 1%. I'm better than everyone. I mean, that scene with the waitress, I was cringing. And I loved Sonia's assessments of everyone. Like, she was like, OK, Ramona, go drink your Pinot Grigio from 2020. I'll drink that wine that you think is, you know, cold and not, you know, w- wasn't a good year or whatever. And then even what Sonia was saying about Dorinda and assessing why she was so upset and trying to sympathize with her. I, but I just think Ramona needs a little bit of an ego check. I, I don't know if I want her gone completely because I do agree. There's moments when Dorinda's not there or even moments with Leah. Like she can be so mean to Mia, Leah. <laughs> and then in the next scene, when they're talking about it, she'll just say, you know, there's something about you. I Maybe I mother you too much, but I really do care for you. And I actually agree that Ramona, at the end of the day, does like Leah and cares for her. I think she just wants her to be more Ramona-like and she needs to accept that not everyone's going to be like her. And maybe that's why she's having issues with Elise. I mean, we saw the preview that she tells Elise that they're not friends anymore. She doesn't even know who she is and basically tries to just run away from having a conversation with Elise.
2: Yeah. And I I would also like to watch Ramona find love. That's a softie in me. I would like to go from the beginning of the season where she's crying and so she says she just wants someone to love her and the crocodile tears. <laughs> oh
1: my God. I would like to see her kind of find love. Do you think she really wants love though? I mean, she brought it up with her therapist that she'll call off dates because she's having so much fun with her girlfriends. I think she just wants someone with a ton of money that she can bring to events and is quote on her level. I don't know if she really wants much more than that. That's fair. I could see her kind of wanting a fuck buddy. Where yeah, they're on the I
2: mean, same she definitely terms. wants to
1: have a lot of sex. We know that. She talks about it.
2: Yes, I feel like she wants someone where they're on the same terms, where it's casual. But I could see her getting je- jealous. I don't see her being that okay with, you know, the casualness of that. But I could be totally wrong. Ramona pegs me as the type who's like, it's okay that she goes on 20 dates with different guys. But if the guy she's seeing does the exact same thing where she'd have an issue with it.
1: I, yeah, a hundred percent agree. I will say I'm really hopeful that this next season of New York is going to blow the lid off, like just take it to a new level. I think New York, and I talked about this with Ryan Bailey, I put it in like this glass case and it is on like the top of my bookshelf and it's just even if it's not perfect, at one point it was, and I will forever love it for that. But I just feel like, you know, there's rumors of who some of these new housewives will be. I think we're going to get a woman of color. She's going to be younger. She's going to be somebody who's been in media. I think her and Leah are going to get along. Uh, I think, you know, Dorinda gone. We're going to see a different side of Sonia. We're going to see a different side of Ramona. We're starting to likely weigh on. Like, I, I mean, honestly, that to me is like a crazy statement. I just feel like I am so hopeful for this next season of New York. I think it's going to be amazing. So for everyone who's been annoyed, myself included, about this past season, I think we're about to be rewarded. I really, really do. I don't think this is going to be a Beverly Hills or an OC where it just continually gets worse.
2: Well, on that note, should we talk about Potomac that continually
1: Uh, gets better? I mean, guys, I know we're a broken record, but I watched this episode and then I see the preview. I'm like, oh, my God, we are already getting the stripper – thing with michael like we are only five episodes in and we're getting this like guys like this is why i love potomac like we see little snippets of stuff we get so much more in every episode you almost forget about the drama that you knew was coming and we haven't even gotten to the full altercation yet between monique and candace and i'm hooked like i just god i loved everything about this episode i i also love the word libations i'm gonna start saying that more i didn't even know what that word was i'm I know that sounds ignorant, but I didn't know that meant drinks. you never
2: heard of libations. Kyle likes to use that when he's making his no. fancy cocktails. And no, this episode was so fun. I found myself laughing in multiple scenes. There's drama, fun, the play dates. So Wendy and Robin, I, as moms who do play days, I was like, yes, Robin. Bringing some little alcohol while the boys play. I, I, I just kind of, I loved it. And you being a boy mom, I felt like. It was a perfect boy mom. I mean, played I was it.
1: like, I was going to, like, I was already preparing to say, I have biases towards certain characters. Robin is one of them for me. I think it's because early on, like, I, I just relate to a boy mom. Boys are crazy. They, and, and I'm not trying to say like better or worse. I think all, it's hard to be a boy mom, a girl mom, a boy and a girl mom. But if you have all boys, it just your household is just so much more chaos and destruction. And so watching the boys like beat each other up and they were both just laughing. I'm like, this is, this is why I love boy moms because like they don't, they know that someone's going to get hurt and that's just assumed. So we're just going to sit back. We're going to drink our margaritas and we're going to let them beat each other up. I just, I loved the moment. I'm loving Wendy and her husband is hot and that he's accent, I don't know why. Attractive. I never knew a Nigerian accent could just, you know, <laughs> get me a little excited and he, it can. I'm like, I'm ready to go to Nigeria. He is so hot. <laughs> You're, yes. No, he's
2: very, he's very attractive. I also love from the play date that Robin's son wanted to sit <laughs> and like listen to the gossip. I,
1: First, I mean, he just won every woman over. Like, he is all of us. Like, oh, I want to hear what you're talking about. Do you remember as a kid, I don't know if this happened to you, but my mom and, like, the other moms, we would go to a park or someone's house. And they'd be like, oh, you guys play downstairs. And I used to, of course, always eavesdrop because they would talk about, like, oh – I mean, really petty gossip stuff. Like, did you see that so and so's husband didn't show up till the swim meet until like five minutes before you know it ended, and he wasn't wearing work clothes, so he wasn't coming late from work. What do you think he was doing? Like, but I loved just hearing all of that. So I totally related to him. Did you ever do that, like eavesdrop on your you mom were and her friends? like Miss Greektown gossip? You know, I, mean, I was Greektown gossip.
2: And his Latin family's parent like. Families, they talk for fucking ever. So I found myself in those situations where I'm like looking at the clock and I'm like, when I, can I leave? Like, when can we leave? When can we go home? Because it's just like on and on and on and on about the same thing and about all these different topics and all these different things. So yes, but in those scenarios, I was always like eager to like looking at my like <laughs> I didn't have a phone or, or like
1: you watch. were ready to be like playing and not have to hear it because you've already heard the conversation thirty times. It yeah, was just exactly. Like I was just ready to go
2: home.
1: Yeah, you know, forced I get it.
2: socialization with, you know, kids that I'm not super close with. Like I was just kind of like over it.
1: Um. So, okay. So I'm trying to jump ahead. We, I loved that moment. I'm going to start saying libations. Um, I confused one of your notes and I can't believe this happened. You said Monique and Chris's conversation is very, very relatable. I for one second thought we were talking about Candace and her husband. Um, but now I'm remembering, no, Monique and Chris talking about you know, her need for attention and having three kids. I think every mom, like as I was watching that, there was a piece of me that was like, oh, do I want Do I want a third? This seems like it's pretty rough, that every kid wants to tell you their story of how their day went. They're fighting for your attention. And then your husband gets home but doesn't even want to ask you like how your day is. I, I do think a lot of moms, we feel that way. Like we're just kind of like this ghost that's there to hear everyone's story, but nobody wants to hear us talk.
2: I also thought it was really you know i i commend them for having just a very honest conversation cuz marriage is hard and the fact that she still wants to date i feel like in a marriage you have to date each other still you kind of have to have that mindset to kind of keep your connection and romance alive like i I think it's really easy to fall into and we're seeing a little bit of this with Karen and Ray, but I think it's really easy in a marriage where you have children, where everything's about your children and you constantly, your world revolves around them and you kind of lose a little bit of each other. So I do, I can relate to her of wanting to be date and wanting to be pursued because I do think women, um, I'll speak for myself. I think it's easy to take more of that on and not, you know, I think too, to take more of that on and want more of that. But I also think as women, me in particularly, I always want my husband to be a mind reader and like just know that I want to go on a date and you don't tell him that, but it doesn't really work out that way. So I just thought it was a a honest moment.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. Like I'm always sick of planning. I think as moms and women, it's always on us to like plan something or it's just assumed like we're going to do certain things. Like, oh, like I noticed the kids were, running low on like for us like my youngest like oh he's almost out of diapers like I'm the one that like orders it and it's like you know I like I'm always checking inventory of little things I feel like I'm the one who has to schedule stuff like oh would you like to go out to dinner you know next Saturday and then it's I'm the one that finds a babysitter so I think for us it's like if somebody would just come in our husband or even like just a friend and be like hey do you guys like do you guys want to go to dinner with us on this date and if my husband be like oh okay I'll text the babysitter I would be like He would definitely get laid that like, that would be (laughs) for sure. If if any men out there are listening and you're married and have kids and you're wondering why you're not getting laid, plan a date and fucking text the babysitter yourself. I don't know why it annoys me, but I always have to be the one that arranges with the babysitters. I'm like, are you, do you think it's inappropriate to text them because they're a 22 year old girl? Like, trust me, she's not interested in you. You can text the babysitter. No, same. I have the exact same thoughts,
2: but then there's things I do though. Where it's like the same type of thing that I always assume Kyle will take care of, which is just like if we need to get our dishwasher fixed.
1: Oh, my God. Almost. I was just going to say appliances. appliances. Yes. I, I always like. I'm like, you You schedule that You shit. do that. You on do me. that stuff. Yeah.
2: So I don't know. I could see it both ways. But I yes, I get annoyed.
1: OK, that's true. Now I've, I retract. But I mean, I still think anyone out there, if you scheduled a date night with your wife and lined up the babysitter, I mean, you you're getting laid and you might get a little more than getting late. a ticket to pound um, town. Definitely a ticket to pound town. I can't <laughs> believe you just said that. I know I <laughs> was just channeling guy Fieri there. All aboard, all aboard. All
2: uh, aboard. What did you think about Candace and Ashley's apology or that?
1: So lunch. I, I don't know if I thought it was truly genuine and I feel like both of them are still kind of sticking to their guns. I'm siding more with Ashley and I will always side with a woman in labor who's having horrible things said about her on instant media, on uh, social media, or, I mean, I always still think I, looking back to Megan at the time, Megan King Evans, now Megan King, I mean, she found out her husband was sending dick pics while she was in labor with twins. I just, like, I don't know. There's something about a pregnant woman, when you do something horrible to them while they're in labor, it's going to be really tough for me to see your side of the story. And that's kind of how I feel with Candace. I don't think she... I think she just wants to sweep it under the rug and wants to move forward because she's kind of sick of the drama and everyone bringing it up. I don't know if she genuinely wants to be friends with Ashley, but I like how Ashley said at Karen's party when uh, Giselle was asking her. She's like, look, I have to assume that it was sincere if I want to move forward with this. And so I have to let it go, too, which I thought was a very mature approach to it.
2: It was a mature approach, and I love that Michael, baby, oh Michael, his name's not Michael. He looks <laughs> Michael. like Michael.
1: So I can see why you think that. Michael yeah.
2: look like baby, my baby Michael. I'll just say baby Michael. Diffused the situation when it got a little tense between them two. I babies can truly diffuse any situation, but yes, it was very mature of her to say that.
1: Now the party. Your thoughts? I mean, okay, I. First of all, the party was for Karen. They moved <laughs> back to Potomac for Karen. It had nothing to do with Ray. And the fact that Ray, and I know Robin pointed this out, and I loved it. Ray had no idea what this party was going, like why it was going on. Ray was not in the invite. There are Ks everywhere. I mean, I. but his response comes from a man who has been married for several years and is just wise and realizes you just, you go with the flow. I loved when he said... Uh, when they are like, why weren't you in the invite? It's the Hugers, And he's like, how do you think she got the Huger name? So he's just like, you know, I'm part of it because it's a Huger. When they asked him about the K's and all the wine bottles, he's like, you know what? She just kind of plans this, and this is her thing, and I'm just here. I'm like, what a great response. Like, I just... I love Ray for that. It was
2: so over the top and out of control. And I love, I mean, I agree with all the confessions when Karen did her Beyonce performance and Ray's like nowhere to be seen. (laughs) And he's he's like nowhere to be seen in The Invitation, all the Ks. She's just so over the top. The grand dame really shows up. For us viewers and gives us all of it she's so extra but i think it's so funny entertaining and i don't know if the editors just edited it this way but i giggled so much when ray like left the party early if that truly happened or not but yeah he had nothing to do with ray it's, it was the Karen. it was karen's potomac coming out party
1: uh, yeah, it was. It was her grand, the grand dame is back basically. I also loved that Robin not only showed up with the pizza, but was eating it in her, I don't want to say limo, but her suburban, her, as her driver is driving her and drops her off. She has a piece of pizza in her mouth. And for those who are like, I don't get what the pizza was for. Cause maybe you're starting, just starting to watch the season. I know they did a clip back to it, but Karen left Potomac a, a couple seasons ago, moved downsized, moved into a different home and they weren't convinced she was really living there. So Giselle and Robin decide to play this prank. So Robin dresses up as a pizza delivery man with a fake pizza and is like ringing her doorbell to see if she actually lives there. So this was just kind of like a way of being like, welcome back to Potomac. Here's your pizza. Finally. I thought it was, I, I like, I loved it. And I just loved that she was eating it. Cause that's all of us. Like if I'm holding a bunch of pizzas, you best believe I'm going to eat a piece on my way to the party.
2: And I love that Karen like found it hysterical. Like she's, I thought it was so funny. It was such fun shade. It was done so well. And, I mean, she she had it she had ate the pizza <laughs> it was it was awesome i that's how we do it like that's like in beverly hills i would love to see like someone give Dorit. Not, well not really a dog i'm go- the dog was the first example that came oh to my God. mind that probably would not go over really well
1: but something of that nature would be really fun maybe like somebody give Dorit like an olive garden lasagna like that would be funny yeah, um it would be funny now i i mean, first and the party was unbelievable too i will say like Karen does not forget a single detail. It looked amazing. Uh, I also love that Ashley was like trying to be a mom again. She was wearing a fitted dress. I was a little disappointed. I saw in some of like the comments, uh, and I I get people are always going to be mean, but like, oh, you could kind of see her stomach. That wasn't the most flattering. Just coming from someone who's had two kids, and I'm sure Vanessa, you feel the same way. At times, you know, you don't look the same. Like it is a given. Your body is not going to go back to the way it was before you had a kid there's there's something whether you see it or not there's something that you're aware of that has changed if the dress mostly fits and it it still doesn't look perfect but you feel confident and you feel like this is me being like not just a mom but being like a sexy woman again don't comment that her stomach isn't flat like I was so excited to see her wearing it honestly I was excited that her stomach wasn't flat because she has a young baby at home
2: her portrayal of motherhood and it's, it's real, it's very real and very honest. And I applaud her for that and just kind of, you know, she's she's been very vulnerable in how she talks about it and isn't just trying to glamorize it in a way. Like you said, like not just kind of showed up truly dolled up and all this stuff and Flat stomach there right away. She's like being very honest and saying like, oh, I did this because I want to feel a little bit of myself and it takes time to get there. And she looked amazing as someone with naturally curly hair. I love that. I I could relate to her so much when I saw her hair straighten and started to get frizzy because of the humidity. Actually, I feel your pain and I don't see that enough. Let's normalize the frizz on TV <laughs> because it is a struggle. So I appreciated that.
1: Um, let's normal I mean Ashley's normalizing a lot. She's normalizing breastfeeding. She's normalizing, I don't want to say mom body, but just like just embracing who you are. She's normalizing frizz. I mean, next she's going to normalize husbands hanging out with strippers. <laughs> yeah. I just I just don't know if they're still married. I don't know how she's still married. He was and- in I stalk her stories. And for like I mean, you guys know I basically should have been an investigator. I Sometimes I wonder if like the FBI is going to look at her stories and be like, damn, girl, we're going to hire you for special cases. But I have stalked all of her Instagram stories. They are still in their same apartment. She's wearing her red, wedding ring. He's been in a few of them, but it also I noticed um, in some of them, like his shoes were in the house. So it's not just like she's posting stuff to make it look like they're together, wearing the ring to make it look like they're together. Like he's truly living there. I just, I don't see them lasting too much longer there's just been too much speculation and drama around him not being faithful
2: no and on it where there's smoke there's fire I mean the only ultimately it's none of our business but it's becomes our business a little bit when you show it on camera and, yeah
1: invest, she signed and
2: up for this it. she signed up for it but it, I kind of wonder if they have like an open marriage or some sort of an agreement I don't know because I just don't and how she talks and how she stirs the pot with other women, I just don't get how she can be so okay with it.
1: Yeah, I – yeah, I, I agree. I don't – I don't want to comment. Like, maybe they do have an agreement. I I just think – she does seem so, like, hurt by it. It's bothered her in the past. I think if they did have an arrangement where it was like maybe he's bi and she's okay with it and they've discussed that before they got married, she would just talk about it. Like, she's not one to hide that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, guys, I just, it's, I know, we say it every time. An amazing episode. The preview looks great. This is the one thing I love about Potomac. The previews live up to what the episode is. A lot of times, particularly with Beverly Hills and OC, the three-minute preview you get for the next episode is really all you need. And, like, they majorly play up the drama that happens and you watch it and you're like, oh, that was it. Potomac doesn't do that. So I can't wait to see how the stripper, you know, rumors and all that stuff comes up at the lake house. But also I'm excited to see him at the lake house twerking, drinking, and just being fun. And I'm sure there's gonna be some sort of fight between a couple of the women there. I mean, we see actually, no, we know it's Wendy and Ashley get into a, a fight too. So I don't know. I just think it's gonna be a really good season and I'm really glad that everyone told us to watch it. I'm not so sure. Oh, sorry, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say same. I'm just not so sure that Beverly Hills has much of a future. I, so this episode, it's basically the Dorit, you know, Buca de Beppo Capri room. Uh, Can I just say the
2: Buca de Beppo Capri package has lived up to my expectations more so than this entire season?
1: You were saying that the food was way better than you thought. thought. So for those who uh, aren't following us on Instagram, one, go do that right now at Real Moms of Bravo. But Buco de Beppo sent a couple, uh, I hate saying influencers, but Bravo accounts, uh, the Capri package. And we were one of the ones selected. And uh, so there's a Buco de Beppo in Kansas City, and they sent it to Vanessa. It was so much food. I mean, do you still have leftovers? Uh,
2: Yeah, I do. Oh, actually, I think we just got rid of the last thing, but it was so much food. The assistant manager like came inside, masked up, mind you, and like gloves and everything, kind of set everything up. He had to take a picture. He was like very excited about it. But they they went above and beyond. I had enough food to feed like a family of 12 and it was Kyle and I at the time Camila was still in the NICU and then just Mia. So really just two adults and a toddler who doesn't, won't eat it because she's a toddler. Um, but it was so much food and I will say for chain food, and I'm not just saying this because we got, we got it for free. It was a much better than I was expecting. I had never eaten at I remember in high school, Beppo was like the place to go for homecoming and prom. Like that was always like, "Oh, you're going to Buka. but it was much better than I thought. It was it was good. It was great. And then I went on on Beppo's Instagram live and chatted with Dorit. uh, Unexpectedly, asked her about her fashion. Got to talk to Little Jagger. Say hi to Phoenix, guys. I'm on the Dorit train. She's she sold me. I mean, anyone who gives me food is, will forever <laughs> have a special place in my heart.
1: I mean, especially a mom of a newborn and the NICU food, like that is like a guarantee. She will forever be one of your favorites after that.
2: Oh, a thousand percent. And quick side note, Camila is home. She just got, she's been recently discharged from the NICU. We're adjusting to life. She's doing great. So again, thank you everyone for your love and support.
1: Yes, I mean thirty nine days in the NICU, which honestly is a lot less than what you were expecting,
2: yeah, I was expecting about six weeks. so I was I was expecting her to come home like sometime this week, but it all worked out, and she's doing great. She's gaining weight. We just had her pediatrician appointment. She's now in the six pound club. Oh. is what I, I like to say, but she's she, she would doing have been well. pretty
1: big if she would have gone full term. I feel like she might have been close to like an eight pound baby.
2: I don't know. I feel like she would have been, like, because Mia was 6'14", so I kind of feel like she would be on par with that. I don't know, though. I don't though. know, well, I mean, don't know we'll but she's know. doing sure. well.
1: Yeah. That's all that matters. Uh, also, though, back to Beverly Hills. So the showers hosted at Go to de Beppo. Denise is sick, but not so sick that she can't FaceTime everyone to say she's not coming, which I thought was really weird. Like if I'm sick, I'm not going to FaceTime you knowing it's going to be filmed. I'll just send a text. But anyway, Denise doesn't show up probably to avoid all the drama. Brandy is not there in the beginning. The shower, they're just having a good time. People are chatting. And then Brandy sends a text to Kyle and says, I'm in the neighborhood and wanted to show up with a shower gift. I wasn't sure if I was invited. So they're like, yeah, have her come. She walks in with no shower gift. So this is just showing again, how staged and forced the season is. But then, you know, Dorit's kind of like, I honestly believe Denise, which I give Dorit credit for that. She's not just going to join the group and she's not afraid to say to someone, I'm not on your side. Like, this is how I feel. This is what I believe. So she starts telling Brandy, like she needs to know a little bit more. Like she's, she's really believing Denise that it didn't happen. And Brandy starts talking in, in detail about things that happen. And Teddy looked Teddy's friends looked her and say like, "Should we go?" And Teddy then in her confessional is like, "It's time to get my friends out of here. This is not going to be an appropriate baby shower conversation for them. Uh, It's not an appropriate baby conversation, baby shower conversation in general. But would you really kick out your friends like this? I think this again, like." The friends just showed up to make it look real and they were like told basically like you're going to be on film for 30 minutes and then we're kicking you out. Like I just thought it was so weird to kick out a friend.
2: Well, and also it's like I'm not comfortable to say it in front of these ladies, but I'm going to do it on national television. I'm totally comfortable sharing all these details. Like that doesn't even make any sense. It just felt super, super staged. And even the texts that were shared didn't really reveal too much. I mean, again, I think you and I are on the same page, Abby. We believe, Brandy. I do feel like something there happened. I don't think she would. I'm gonna butcher another saying. Die on a sword? Is that it? Maybe.
1: Oh, fall on the sword. Fall on the sword. Thank you. I don't think you fall
2: on a sword for this, but I am Team Denise because I think it's just ridiculous how far we've gone down on whether or not did she or didn't she. Who cares? It's none of anyone's business if she lies about it that's her choice to lie about it but it's just become it's a lot and it's it's boring
1: and i i mean i did a huge instagram story i wasted an entire day which is really nothing new i also just got an email from someone i work with that just said did i see you on the sewing down south uh, instagram stories and my heart dropped because, like, guys, I don't tell anyone I work with that we do this account or podcast because of the fact that there are days where I do zero work and just dive deep into Bravo. So um, I'm sure there's another one coming up for me And I'm, like, getting really nervous just thinking about that, knowing that my coworkers are well aware of my poor work ethic. But, you know, we dove deep into basically the whole scene where Brandy reveals that she hooked up with Denise, we think, was filmed after Rome. Whether you agree or disagree, there's a lot of facts and things out there that make it seem like it was not, uh, didn't happen organically. Then a clip, and I'm not sure how this account found it. We're going to, we'll show it to our Instagram stories. But there's about a 90 second clip that was not aired in Rome where Garcelle's talking to Rena, And when Garcelle says to Rena, the part we see, she's like, do you think your dancing affects Amelia? It felt very like out of left field. Why is she bringing this up? Garcelle's not really... Like I know Garcelle is kind of on the fence about how she feels about Rena because she doesn't think Rena's in her corner anymore, but it just felt like, whoa, that's a lot to go after a friend's child's eating disorder and try to place blame on your friend. The part we didn't see was Garcelle says that her son has struggled with addiction since fifth grade. And when she looks back, she can pinpoint it to the time where her and her now ex-husband were started seriously dating. And she wonders if her son Oliver felt neglected because she was splitting her attention between Michael her her at the time boyfriend and then then husband now ex-husband and then her son and that maybe he was trying to seek attention in other ways by you know using different drugs and and experimenting with different um you know vices out there And so she just said, you know, as a mom, I blame myself. And I was wondering if you ever look back at Amelia and wonder, you know, is there something that you could have done differently, like the dancing and all that? It wasn't like her calling her out. And Rena almost seemed like accepting of it and was like, no, I, you know, I don't blame myself. You shouldn't blame yourself. Like it was like this really nice moment. Even Denise was saying, like, none of us are perfect parents. We try our best. They didn't air that part and i think production told rena like look we're not going to air that or they might have said you need to talk to amelia about it we need to find out does amelia agree with this let's let's make it seem like Garcel's like pinpointing you as a bad mom because then in the scene where rena is talking to amelia amelia's wearing two different hats and people pointed that out we posted the side by side we could post it again so like i'm just thinking this entire season is just so forced faked and staged it, like so every scene much. It's not
2: as bad as selling sunset scripted fake.
1: Oh my God. Yes. But
2: it is, it's getting close. It's getting close. I mean, let's be real guys. We all know that reality TV is somewhat scripted and there's reshoots and all these things, but I'd like to think that the interactions that are had are at least real. Um, I think scenarios can totally be set up and people are told to show up at certain times and there really aren't surprises if you will. But I I just, I don't know. There's so much that's come out with Beverly Hills and it just feels like more and more and more stage. And I just kind of wonder too, with production was scrambling probably because they didn't have much on this season other than Denise.
1: You have an interesting theory because I think, you know, the texts that Brandy was talking about proved nothing. It does, Nowhere does Denise say like, wow, that was a good bang last night or like nothing confirms they actually hooked up. It's more about like, hey, you should stay with me. I'll get a, a rollaway bed. And they were saying, like, because Brandy wants to save money. I'm like, well, I get that, like, maybe Brandy isn't as wealthy as some of the other women because she's a single mom, but I don't, I don't get the impression she's so poor that she can't afford a hotel room. Well, and, and also,
2: poor. I mean, she can clearly afford whatever the fuck she's doing to her face.
1: Right. Yeah, she's getting tons of plastic surgery. And let's be honest, she's Brandy Glanville. She wanted a free room. Someone on her team, like, if she can afford to have – Public, you know, publicist and a public relations team, and she probably has an assistant. She can afford to pay for a room at wherever Denise was staying. But the the text really proved nothing. uh And you have an interesting theory about that. And yeah, I, like, I, I mean, think you need to put at it this out there.
2: Point, I, I wonder if they're both in on it. Like, I just kind of wonder if they're in on this and they're just kind of like jokes on us for falling for this. I do wonder something maybe happened, but. Instead, Denise, I mean, she's, she's smart. She was married to Charlie Sheen. She knows how to play the game a bit. So I kind of wonder if she's like, listen, Brandy, like, I'm cool if you air this out, but I'm cool if you air this out, but this is how I kind of want it to be done. And I'm going to say this part. I don't know. It just seems to me as much as it's dragged on and as much as the women have had brandy it wouldn't just it wouldn't surprise me and apparently brandy's doing a one-on-one with andy which i find interesting um we haven't seen him do a one-on-one with like a friend of like i can't even think of any time when he's done that he's usually done it with Teresa. i feel like it's
1: normally the person who and he did a one-on-one that. with Luann after the divorce yeah
2: but to do it with a quote friend of is really interesting to me. So I just, I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if they're in cahoots with each other and jokes
1: on us. Yeah. It's definitely, it's something to consider for sure. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors like Denise is getting all this money. Brandy's coming back. Denise is going to leave. The only people benefiting, benefiting from these rumors are Denise and Brandy. I mean, Brandy, if if Denise, if Brandy does come on to Denise Lee's, Brandy is so boring. What's Brandy going to talk about? Continue to talk about how she, you know what, on Denise's, you know what? Like, is that, like, what she's going to do for an entire season? That's boring. Without Denise, what are all the other women going to do? To be honest, Kyle, Teddy, I would argue maybe Dorit and Erica have a little bit of a storyline on their own. But uh, Erica Jane really is, like, kind of playing it safe and boring I'm guessing because of her husband the rest of the women really have nothing without Denise I can't really speak for Garcelle and Sutton because we saw so little of them this season and maybe they bring more uh, their, you know as they come back for their second uh, attempt at this but I just think without Denise these women don't have a lot I don't think she's leaving and you know Brandy has nothing without Denise either so it's a it's a very good theory we will
2: see. Maybe we'll make a poll and see what you guys think, too. Yeah, if you I love think that you're right in, in it together or not.
1: Uh, so we haven't discussed our shout-out, but I think this week's shout-out should be Buca Di Beppo for <laughs> just bringing fancy Italian uh, cuisine into your home. Yes. And this is not a hashtag ad. This is no, we weren't <laughs> for this.
2: this is truly like we i'm so appreciative it was so great it kind of blew my mind away kyle was like freaking out in a good way he's just like oh my god this is amazing and and all that stuff it was really really nice and even though buka and dorit had no idea what we've kind of what my family's been dealing with it was a very nice surprise and on everything before camila went home so it was awesome
1: and i mean i think too like i look at some of the other people they sent it to i mean they really sent everyone a ton of food i think that's like really really nice and the fact that like dorit was going live and talking with everyone she truly is involved in this i will say as much as we're all making fun of the fact that it's a Buka de beppo she's gone all in this isn't like uh, you know i think erica jane did like a just fab collaboration with like a shoe line i i doubt she had much to do with it they just she did a couple photo shoots and that's it Dorit's really giving this her all. So I give her I give her credit for that.
2: Yeah, I give her credit. She's it's not she's not just half-assing it. She's seems committed to it. So it I mean, I'm just committed to it. I'm I'm in for it.
1: I'm starting to come around to Dorit. I'm yes. not 100% on board like you. Um but I will say, I think everyone else feels that same way. We made a meme about it. And it's becoming like our most liked meme we've, we've had in two plus years of doing this account. And all the comments, majority of people are like, yeah, I love, I love Dorit now too. What's happening? Whoa, this is 2020, right? Like crazy, weird things. And I mean, I don't know. I look at it and like, I think when people are like, oh, like what sticks out to you about 2020? Probably what I will say is the fact that I started to agree with Dorit and Luann. Like, who am
2: I? Yeah, and Dorinda leaving. It's just been a very wild
1: bravo year on Brand for 2020.
2: <laughs> well, if you love to continue to listen to us, please, please, please subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. Thank you. We we noticed we always check the reviews and we always love listening to your feedback. So thank you so much. Um I think we recently we received two reviews, so thank you so much. I'm looking up names. Miss Ruthie B. and Sherry, thank you so much for your reviews. That means a lot. And if you would like us to give you a shout out on either the podcast or on our Instagram page, please just take 60 seconds. It makes the world's difference. It helps with our bookings. It just helps us make us more relevant and allows us to continue to do this. So please do that. And if you aren't following us on Instagram already, please do. And we will catch you all next week.